Oh, do you like where I've put the picture, by the way? Mm. Looks so good, doesn't it? Yeah. She's fucking talented, that Gemma, or Little Wilderness, or whatever she's called. Because like, I, I, like, I don't know, it's weird, because I'm interacting with so many people online. I just use their online handles. Like, mm. luckily, that art that we've got there from Jeff Murray... That's a Jeff Murray you piece, just call him and he's Jeff. called Jeff Murray, so you can just say. My name's Jeff. The Jeff. Don't say. I'm sure he hears that a lot. Don't don't say that about Jeff. He's fucking class. We're not recording though. We are recording. Hello, welcome to another <laughs> week. How are you? <laughs> don't include that though. I'm going to include it. I do you know what? I accidentally I didn't tell Sam to take it out. We recorded the last episode where at one point I farted, and I told you that my belly hurt, and then I listened back to the episode today. And I'd left it in because I, I just hadn't told him to take it out. <laughs> so thanks, Sam. You fucking tadger. <laughs> it's really got my best interests at heart. Oh, God. Anyway, I'm I'm doing good. I think I'm doing okay. And I've had a busy week in my brain. But outside of my brain, probably not so busy. Just going to work, looking after child. Good, good, and good. sleeping yeah it, how about you how are you feeling this week i'm all right you know like works works all right i'm 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 happy i love my job because of that because i love my job there's times where it's challenging when there's like leadership and managerial things that annoy me but that's because te- at, my, at my core i'm a technical person i just want to be left alone to get on with my job do you know what i mean so you know you, you're married to me you know better than anyone else but when i've got to do stuff that's not my cord like it's not my actual job like it's not the technical stuff i'm just like ah when i've got to deal with politics and 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 stuff like that yeah but i suppose if you're gonna go more managery then that's the technical term if you're gonna go more managery then that these are the sort of problems that you have to deal with so true true man up bitch yeah (laughs) true 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 on a, a lovelier note so there's a couple of things i've been working on the first one is I'm trying not to say erm. Me too. As much. I, you fucking better be. But I've been trying not to say erm as much, but not just on the podcast. But that is that is a big part of it because it's less editing that needs to be done. But letting the pauses go instead of using filler words. And I'm using it a lot more at work. And I'm finding that senior, more senior people who I'd normally interact with, it seems to have a bigger impact on them and people that I deal with day to day. And I think there's this this kind of weird perceived authority when you don't use filler words. But I do both, so what am I? Am I just the um oops. Yeah, there you go. Am I the golem of the real world? Because I use really mass- massive gaps to think about what I'm saying and I also use erm a lot. I don't know. I I, I don't know. Me and you had a bicker this morning. Did we? Well, I thought we did because you were trying to get Alexa to play a song, but because you hadn't thought about what you wanted to say before you asked her, she was interrupting you halfway through your request, and that happened twice. And it was as I was walking past you, and I was like, fucking pick your song. You you were asking to play a song, and you were saying, Alexa, play the song. And before you, you took so long before you said who it was by that she just picked the first thing and now that is a problem with Alexa she annoys the fuck out of me but it had taken you so long to formulate the sentence yes but that's that's other issues that's not just 
like that's not a normal person issue is it i'm not a normal person it takes me longer to process my thoughts and communicate them yeah that's true that's true so and especially when i'm tired true you're extraordinary to me though Oh, thanks, darling. As I've I've had four things of sherbet, so. Well, that was the next thing I was. And they're not the long ones. No, that's the next thing I was going to come on to. Was we've got a new setup, we've got a new microphone setup. We've got two microphones instead of the one. Got myself an audio interface, two mic arms. It is still the most get up ghetto setup you can imagine. If anybody is old enough to remember MTV Cribs. There was an episode that always stuck with me, and I think it was like Little John or Ludacris or Little Wayne or one of those people. Not black, I didn't mean not black people, I just mean a rapper. And they went to his house, and he had this big mansion, right? And then he said, yeah, but I'm still from the hood. And in like this divot in his living room, he made his own recording studio, and he just slid a mattress across when he was recording. And that always stuck with me. That sounds like people just do nothing. Yeah, exactly. But that is exactly the setup we've got now. I've got the soundproof board behind me that I picked up from Specsavers. No, but that's, that, this is a massive improvement. I feel oh, it like is. we've no. gone up in the world. We really have. No, we've really... We, we... And, sorry, before you go on, I've got to interrupt. When you said ludicrous, I heard Lil Chris. <laughs> so can you remember little Chris? Yeah. Anyone remember little Chris? He was gorgeous uh, at to, my uh, age. Yeah, to emo's. To, At to, my age, he was gorgeous. I'm I'm going to ask Heather about this because Heather was a massive emo. No, little Chris wasn't emo-ish though, was he? He was. Did he do that one? We don't, we don't have, have to yeah, take yeah. our clothes off. Yeah. yeah, which was a cover of. Banging. Was it Prince? Was it a Prince cover? I don't know. I always think of Gym Class Heroes. Oh, they which did, is a banging cover. They did a really good cover of that. Mm. I love Gym Class Heroes. That was Katy Perry in their music video for Cupid's Chokehold, you know. Yeah. I think I told you that when we you watched did. it together. You you are such a nerd. I, 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 yeah, it's, it's there crazy. There was something else as well. We were watching something recently and you turned around and you said, oh, blah, 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 which it was obviously such an interesting fact because I can't remember what it was or what we were watching. But I was just like, this is the typical nerd moment. Like, you're going to tell me that same fact every single time we watch that film and it's all right it works on me because i forget the fact every time you say it so did you know in lord of the rings when aragorn <laughs> yeah. kicks a helmet that yeah Vigo that was the moment i was thinking toe. of <laughs> Vigo actually broke his toe and they kept the scream in the scene and did you know that when lurch threw a dagger at him aragorn actually parried that yeah that these are the moments i mean so you're totally getting it I'm not sure why we're riffing so much this week. I'm, I think it, I think it's because of the setup. Now we're not like straining our necks over the same microphone. Like we're both like slobbering over the same member. So we've just kind of because normally with it's just one microphone, like my leg goes numb or I get uncomfortable. So I want to get through the content. But now I can just kind of look at you, and apart from this big black dot in my nose where the microphone I can see in front of my eyes is, it's actually quite a nice conversation setup isn't it i think it's because it's the first proper conversation we've had all week it is the first conversation we've had this week it's been a banger i've missed you yeah i've missed you too <laughs> so a new setup new studio setup which is pretty cool work's going on right for anyone who's bothered we don't have any smut of the week i'm still recovering from last week smut of the week <laughs> someone liked the post about the episode that went out so we're recording in the day that the smut episode goes out Someone liked the episode 
uh, the like the post the picture I put up about the episode and it was a sexy Thorin picture I'd put on Instagram and I'm pretty sure that she was one of the people who I'd seen a fanfic from that I hadn't used in the episode but it was one of the ones I'd read and I was like oh shit she's onto me <laughs> will you stop rubbing the microphone on your face I'm not I was just trying to see how close it is and I'm just doing like a you know those metal things where you have the little circle and you've got to get it through to the very end without touching operation I'm doing that mm. well no kind of like operation <laughs> anyway I feel like we're very very off topic now we are so what we're going to talk about well last thing I'll talk about is I've finally the, these are the last bits of art I've got there's no more art coming so I've got my Jeff Murray piece whatever that's up for now I've got my Jeff Murray piece that's up that's the map of Middle Earth which is banging which I put on Instagram and the piece from Gemma at the Little Wilderness, a, a, a local artist who lives in County Durham, same place we live in the UK. And she did a custom piece that I uh, just fucking love. I, I sent her a couple of long emails. We had a really good conversation. And she sent us back a picture that's got the dragon helm of Dor Loman, some dwarf axes, uh, one of the... the Couple of, one of the crests of like a dwarf clan type thing. It's got seven stars of Durin. On the right hand side, we've got a shield with Morgoth's crown with the three Silmarils in it. On top of a stack of books, and these are the books that I mentioned to her specifically that I use when I'm researching our episodes. And that's what the the Dragon Helm of Dor Loman is on top of. And on underneath that, you've got some mountains. And right at the top, Becca, you can see the Dwarven runes. It yes. says a drunk history of Middle Earth. In Dwarven Runes, and I've gave that pride of place next to my Anduril, which you got for our first wedding anniversary. Yeah, it is very cool, and it makes the Anduril and your um, your hard... I don't know where I'm going with this. Where are you going with Not this? Not the hard. Your handyman skills look even worse <laughs> because yeah. of where you put Anduril... So thanks, Gemma. You've highlighted even more how Chris has put all his points into IT and nerdy Lord of the Rings things and not into his handyman skills. Hey, fuck you. It's fair trade of skills because whenever there's a problem with computers in your family, they come to me. Yeah, but if we need to change a light bulb, I have to do it. I've t- and the thing is, I've told your granddad I've not worked in IT support for like six, seven years now. I'm beyond that. Well, I'm not beyond that because it, it, it's the, your fate forever. But still, whatever. Anyway, I'm a bit. Anyway, let's get on with the episode because I'm a little bit sad because I'm having to move my pictures around the office now. Since you're, you're bigging up your DIY skills, you can put the picture hanging kit up. I will because it's just a mess in here, really. It, it is actually. Everything's off center. There's the Middle Earth map I got from Rome. That's Which off you center. put up without put asking up. me, yeah. so that's why it's like that. There's the, the Jeff, the Jeff in piece. <laughs> which is off centre. There's the, your Andural that you put up yourself that is off centre. Center. However, Gemma's piece is beautifully centre center yeah, because put I that. put it up. Yeah, you put that. I up. put the original picture hanging up. That's why that one's nice. Hmm. Right, I'm gonna have to put a disclaimer in the episode description that you can just skip to like the thirteenth minute if you want to. Yeah, because this is just general marriage chat. This is yeah, this is just general. Gen- this is a husband and wife who hadn't had a chance to really talk to each other all week. So uh, apologies, dear listener, but also fuck you. Last update, 
there's a, a woman on the very admittedly very small discord we have and her nickname is Red Moors and um, she messaged me to say that she's desensitized to it but 90% of American stalls have toilet gaps in their sorry 90% of American toilets have gaps in their stall doors I asked her why and she said she doesn't know but that's allegedly about 90% of American doors. So my question is now, for the next week, for any Americans who listen, which is a fair chunk of you, because you're all chunky bastards. <laughs> it's, it's okay. I'm a fat joke. Yeah, I'm fat. I can say that's my, that's my word. Anyway, for, for any Americans, please, can somebody fucking tell me why you've got gaps in your doors? Considering you were founded by a people who left England because it wasn't puritanical enough, you're still okay with seeing people dipping their bollocks in toilet water. So why? But that's it. Last call for the episode. Now, our last law-based episode was the Eagles. No, it wasn't. It was the Astari. What can you remember about the Five Wizards? It was a fair few weeks ago, I'll give you that. There was Radagast, Mm -hmm. the Brown. Yep. There was... Gandalf the grey and then he becomes the white there was two that go missing but they're blue wizards correct and there was Saruman the white correct. but he kind of goes just down well he just dies doesn't he yeah. he doesn't even go downhill he doesn't get downgraded to grey he just gets bumped off he could have repented he could have but he did not are you impressed I am I, I mean, I've given you no information about them, but I can remember them all. Yeah, you can, you can. There was someone else who, we've gotten a couple of reviews, and, and if you can, please go review the show wherever you listen to it, if it supports reviews. We're also on YouTube now, by the way. I found a lovely service called Headliner. I accidentally paid for a year's subscription a few months ago, and I'd, I'd forgot, and I didn't realise, which is, whoops. But it automatically turns our audio into video and posts it to YouTube for us. It also automatically does little clips that I can upload to TikTok and what have you. But yeah, if you could leave us a review, give us a like, whatever you can do to support us, please. I'm led to believe that this thing helps us. But now we took a break from the Silmarillion. We basically got up to the point where the the Valar said, Middle-earth isn't safe for the elves, for the children of Iluvatar. We want to invite them to come and live in a man. Do you remember that? Yeah, man. And that's where we left the Silmarillion episode, right? We said that's basically the end of it. I'm not even acknowledging <laughs> that, Joe. I'm not acknowledging that. We left the, We left where Oromir was going to go back to Middle-earth and invite the elves to come, right? Yeah. What we're going to cover over the next couple of episodes, because I thought this was going to be a one and done. Oh boy, was I wrong. The Valar decided the elves would be invited, so Oromir went back... But that started an argument amongst the elves. Started a discussion. Because not everybody wanted to go. And so, today, dear listener, and you will get this from the title and the description if you read it, we're going to discuss the Dark Elves of Middle-earth. The Moraquendi. The elves who do not go to a man for one reason or the other. Moriquendi, Moraquendi, but also that includes... So the, the first group of Quendil. The whole race of elves is called the Quendi. The Quendi. That's fucking good for you to remember that, though. You go, girl. So the, the, whole, the whole race is called the Quendi, just like the whole race of humans is called the Atani. Okay. 
And then you have Eldar, which is very often referred to in Lord of the Rings and the Silmarillion. But the Eldar actually only refers to elves who make the Great Journey. But today we're going to talk about the elves who either didn't make the Great Journey, didn't do it. The moral quendi. Or didn't complete it. And yes. So there's three groups, three uh, categories we're going to talk about today. The, I roll. The Avari, the Umanyar, and the Moriquendi. All of whom could be called the Dark Elves, or one certain group is called the Twilight Elves. But we'll get to all that in time. Oromir went back to the elves who were at Quivainen and said, "We want you to come and listen. We want you to come and live with us. You'll be safe." And so it started a great debate amongst them. And eventually, the elves, being the reasonable ones that they are, decided that there would be ambassadors from each of the tribes. And do you remember how many tribes there were at first? Five. Four. Three. Yeah, you got there eventually. Two. Was, no, there was... Tri- do you remember, one. Do you remember there was the three uh, elven tribes and their names meant literally one, two, and three? And it was said, ah, that yeah. it, they said it was a story. Yeah, and then they split up and they got packs of elves. Yeah. yeah so, okay. yeah, the, the, yeah the, the, the one who went first, Imin ended up with the least elves yeah and we'll see who they all go to become we'll see we'll mention briefly but from these three tribes there was chosen three ambassadors one from each and these three elves would later become great high kings amongst the elves and their names were Ingwei, Finway, and Elway and these three were sent to Valinor. They went with Oromir, and they came to Val. Uh, they came to Valinor, and they met the Valar. Which I assume, obviously, they did a meet and greet, walked them around, said, "Look at all this space. Look at all this room for activities. You could do all sorts here." They saw how great it was. The three ambassadors, and they stayed there for years. I- I'm-, I'm led to believe it was a fair amount of time. What does that mean? Years. Well, I know what years are. No, no, I mean... But no, what are it, their years? Yeah, I was going to say it was a genuine question. Like, how, when they say years, do they mean sun years? Because the sun doesn't exist yet. Valiant years? I don't know. Let's just say a length of time. Okay, they enjoyed it. They were there for a substantial amount of time. Yes, in the way that we count time. Ingwe especially loved it. This motherfucker, he did not want to come back to Middle-earth at all. He wanted to stay and admire Varda. And do you remember who Varda is? Um. <laughs> I wish you wouldn't do it. Um, do you know how much editing that is? Varda is a woman yes. who is very beautiful. Yes. And did she sing... Uh, no, did she make a tree? No, that was Yavanna. Varda is the one who's married to the king of the Valar, who's called Manwe. <laughs> oh no! Um, I I want you to think of the <sighs> listeners. I'm so sorry. I really am. <laughs> I really am. I'm sorry for myself. <laughs> it's so bad. But Ingwe loved Varda. He wanted to, to stay and admire her. And you, and you won't remember this, but Varda is the most beautiful being in within the whole of Arda. 
within the whole of creation. And the reason for that is the light of Iluvatar still shines in her face. And also the elves fucking love stars. Remember, they, they woke up under the stars? Yeah. So they like shiny things. Yeah, so I've said this to you a couple of times. Mid, like the whole saga of the Silmarillion and the Lord of the Rings could be summed up as people love shiny shit. Yeah. That sums up everything. And I've been listening to the Andy Serkis Silmarillion and there's a preface and a letter from Tolkien in it. And Tolkien wanted the Silmarillion to be published alongside the Lord of the Rings and the whole thing would have been called the Saga of the Jewels and the Rings. Which I think is pretty cool. Mm. But enough about that. Anyway, Ingwe didn't want to come back. Absolutely loved Varda. And if we do a slight spoiler, we jump ahead. Ingwe got what he wanted. Because once he left Middle-earth again and became king of the Vanyar, which is the what the, his elves were going to become, the swats of the elves, <laughs> Ingwe never came back. Never. It's it pretty like fair dues good on him. I felt the same way about Slough when I went there for work. As the the last time I left Slough, I thought I hope I never fucking see you again. What a dreary place. <laughs> Do you remember when I came back and and I was being walked around? So I did some work for a, it's a bit of a tidbit, but I, I want I was a consultant, and I did some work for a company called, well, it's a company that makes Dettol and Durex and all the household shit that you wouldn't think of. And I was being walked around the office being told, like, oh, here's this, here's that. And the person giving me a guide looked out of the window and said, oh, and someone got stabbed in that park last night. I was like, oh, right, okay, lovely. And and what time's lunch? Yeah, but we've discussed this, that we're country bumpkins. We are. So, we're not Somerset cider drinker country bumpkins, but we're still <laughs> a quite countrysideish people. That's so, true. That's true. This is normal for some people. Aye. But I, yep, so Ingwe got where he wanted, became king of the Vanya, never set eyes on Middle Earth again. Still, He's still there in a man, just loving life. The other two ambassadors, Finwe of the Noldor and Elwe of the Teleri, both have very, very long stories that need to be treated separately because Ingwe is the, the high king of, of the, the Vanya, but. Finway of the Noldor is the dad of Feanor, who is a very important player, and Finway is killed by Morgoth. So what I'm getting from this is the overarching theme of all of these three is that you're more exciting when you've got more drama in your life. Yeah, but the... Whereas if you like just live a lovely, simple life and you're just very happy and content... You're boring. Yes, Finway is the the father of the people who are personified as is it me? Am I the drama? <laughs> that 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 is essentially the Noldor of the first age summed up. Galadriel is the last of the Noldor by the third age who remain in Middle Earth. And even then, like she's mellowed out over the, the years. Fun fact, we'll get to it when we do the Noldors episode. But the Noldor, by Tolkien himself, are described as the main characters of the Silmarillion. The whole Silmarillion story is about their fall, them coming back to Middle-earth and them struggling. 
and I never knew this until I read, like, I was listening to the audiobook. But at the end of the first age, the Noldor elves are told very sternly, or counselled very sternly, you should all just go back to Valinor. Just go back, repent, say you're sorry, because they get kicked out, we'll get to it. Go back, say you're sorry, and chill the fuck out. And they don't because they have this desire that they want to be rulers. It's it's like, have you ever heard that, like, it's better to rule in hell than to serve in heaven? Yeah. It's That's kind of what the Noldor are going for. Except Middle Earth's not really hell. But it's that kind of mentality. And even Galadriel, who we see as, like, the, one of the wisest people in the Lord of the Rings, as, like, one of the, the top people, even she's guilty of this. It's still her pride. She went and she didn't go back at the end of the first stage. She didn't go back and repent. And it's not until the Lord of the Rings that she passes the test and can go back home again. because she And she stayed in Middle Earth because she wanted somewhere to rule by herself. Live fast, die young. It's that, yeah, except they don't. But it's, it's that pride. Actually, a lot of the Noldor do. They'd live fast and die very young. And it, it's that pride. And, and it made me look at Galadriel in this whole new light. That, like, you are the wisest, fairest woman. Sam and Gimli fucking love you. But you didn't go back to Valinor when you had the chance because of your pride, because you wanted your own kingdom to rule. And when we get to Feanor and Feanor's oath and what have you, we'll talk about that because he says that. He says, let's not be servants and, and prisoners of the Valar. Let's go. And But anyway, before we get to the Noldor being kicked out, let's rewind time before they even get there. So yeah, uh, and Elway of the Teleri. He, uh, uh, Elway... I'm laughing because I'm thinking of last week's episode. Elway eventually becomes Thingol. His name changes, he becomes Thingol, who is married to Melian, the one who you read about having a, a steamy encounter with Thranduil last week. Oh, yes, I remember. Story. Aye. But yeah, so th- those, those ambassadors all become very important people. But let's break it down into the different groups of elves. And this is... I'll go over what we've just already talked about for your benefit and for the benefit of the many people who write to us and say I'm so glad that Becca struggles with the names because like someone even said I feel someone that wrote to me and said I feel seen when Becca struggles with the names because I'm the same because I'm such a big fan but I can't be asked with all the names thank you for that yeah so I feel who, like that's a Sandy comment I don't think it was Sandy no I, I, I know it's not Sandy but I feel like Sandy is also part of this group. Probably, probably. So, as we've discussed, all elves are Quendi. Just as all humans, Quendi. Just and that's where the language Quenya comes from. And all humans are Atani. Okay, so that's the name of the the largest grouping you can get of elves. Is the entire race is a Quendi. However, they're all divided into different groups depending on heritage choices. Culture, etc., etc. Favorite snacks. Yes. The color of their toenails. Yeah. So, sexual fetishes. Ah, uh, let's not go into that. A lot of it comes from either who they joined when they awoke at Quivenen, or what the decisions or actions of their of theirs were during the Great Journey. The next category is the Eldar. And the Eldar are the ones who undertook the Great Journey with Oromir. And the Great Journey is simply the name for a very long... It took This took a long time 
because they kept stopping and, and doing other stuff. But the great journey is going from Quivenin all the way in the Far East to the shores of Beleriand in the West and going over the Great Sea to the continent of Amman and to live in Valinor. And then you, so the Eldar, these are the ones who undertook the journey. And the Eldar split into three groups the Vanyar, the Noldor, and the Teleri. We this won't, is painful. We won't go into these too much, don't worry. But the Vanyar, the Noldor, and the Teleri are called Kalaquendi, which means Elves of the Light. And all that means is they came to a man in the days of the two trees. And we'll, again, I'll give you a very brief overview of the Vanyar. They're the Swats of the Elf race. They fucking love the Valar. That's it. They're just, and in, Van, in Manwe and Varda's eyes, best little brothers and sisters. Don't cause anyone any problems. <sighs> the Noldor, the assholes, the main characters, essentially. <laughs> Tolkien himself said in letter 131, The main body of the tale, the Silmarillion proper, is about the fall of the most gifted kindred of the elves, their exile from Valinor, which he describes as a kind of paradise, the home of the gods, in the furthest west, their re-entry into Middle-earth, the land of their birth, but long under the rule of the enemy, and their strife with him, the power of evil still visibly incarnate. Any emphasis and sarcasm in that was mine. Not <laughs> so, again, I, I always look at them, they're the fucking problem children. They are. They're the ones who've been... To, do you know what they're like? You worked in a school, right? It's those kids that have been told that they're smart and never got told no. They don't have to try. They don't, yeah, so like it, it, it's just that sense of entitlement to take with them. But it, if we take that, they do try. They are massive tryhards, but... But not in the right things. It's the arrogance. Uh, I feel with a lot of... Not feel, I think... Cause my, my emotions don't mean shit. I think the Noldor... Are the, the biggest tryhards, and from a lot of shit comes from them, including the first elf on elf crime. <laughs> which Sorry, comes... that sounds really trivial. Yeah, it's just uh, when Feanor and his gang stole boats and killed the, the elves at Alcolonde. Well, again, we'll get that. So at that point, some of the Noldor did turn back, and they lived presumably very fucking happy lives, but a lot of them didn't. Then you've got the Teleri, which is the largest group of elves, and they fell in love with the sea. They build ships, and they're so big that they had two, or have two high kings, Olwe and Elwe. And this makes me laugh, but they have a little brother called Elmo. Aww. Yeah. Ooh, do you want to know a little mini fun fact? Celeborn, Galadriel's husband. Yeah. His Quendi name, his name in Quenya, Teleporno. Interesting. I know, right? So you're telling me that Tolkien, like, foreseen, foresaw that we would have televised pornographic material? Fun fact, Tolkien started what would later go on to become Babe Station. (laughs) (laughs) Teleporno. (laughs) No, he didn't. So the Teleri, they love elves. Uh, Sorry, elves that love the sea. And the Teleri that don't leave Beleriand become what is called the Sindar, or the Great Elves. And Círdan the Shipwright, who uh, he's the last elf. As someone that I watched a YouTube video about it the other day, actually, it was lovely. I think it was Tolkien Untangled. And he said, 
Kierdan is such a big deal that he's the last the elf on the last page of the last book of Lord of the Rings. Because he's the, the very last one to be there right at the end of the Lord of the Rings because he builds the ships that will take the elves oh, right, over okay. the west. That makes sense. Yep. So, right, that's just the Calaquendi. That's the elves of the light. Fuck that. We're not talking about that today. We're talking about the Moriquendi. We're talking about the el- the dark elves today. The first group of elves and I've got I've got a picture I'll show you later we've got the Umanya and what Umanya means just elves not of a man that's all it is so these are the naughty ones that stay home these are the ones that started on the great journey but and then they just stopped or came back they stopped or didn't make it so they didn't refuse the great journey there is a group of elves who did refuse but so all them names before I don't need to remember them for this episode. No. You shit. Soz. I've been trying to plant them in my brain so I feel clever. <laughs> ah, it's alright. Oh, You'll no. get there. How about you listen back to the episode? True. True. So the Umanya just means not of a man. Didn't get to a man. Didn't get to the Western continent until during the first stage, anyway. So they did set out on the great journey, didn't make it. The first group, uh, and probably... Failures. Not failures. It's probably the biggest group, and these are called the Sindar Elves. And they're an odd one, because they're considered Umanyar, because they weren't of a man. However, they were ruled by Thingol and Melian. And Thingol had seen the Light of the Trees, because he was one of the ambassadors. So he'd been there. And Melian is a Maya. So she's an angelic being who's come to Middle-earth and married Thingol. So that's why they're considered the Twilight Elves, because even though they stayed behind, due to the fact that Thingol had been like enriched, because it makes the Elves better, being enriched by the light of the trees. Yeah. Even though they'd been enriched by him, they became... Uh, so because of that, they beco- they were considered the most skilled and gifted of all the Elves that stayed in Middle-earth. They've been touched. Yeah, and because of that, they weren't considered dark elves, but, like, elves of the twilight. So, like, they were touched by someone who touched the trees, essentially. Not in a weird, show me on, way. Not in, like, a show-me-on-doll kind of way. <laughs> he touched me here, here, <laughs> and here. You evil little shit. <laughs> yeah, I want to watch it in between us now. <sighs> Good times. So the Sindar, again whole episode because of how far reaching they are they are a huge 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 elves the the sindar elves after the first stage go on and they move into middle earth proper and mingle with like lorian and and mirkwood and that and they they go with those groups of elves and that's where legolas is descended from but the next bit and the whole focus of this episode the moraquendi dark elves Elves of Darkness simply mean it's got nothing to do with their temperament, nothing to do with them being evil, nothing to do with their alignment on the D and D scale. It's just it just means they never saw the light of the two trees in Valinor. That they, they never saw it. But they, did they try? Some of them turned back, some of them didn't, and this first group are ones who turned back. And this first group are called Nandor. So what are the other groups that you've just said? The Sindar Elves. 
They're the ones that went, the, yeah, but they, didn't get there. They went, but then didn't complete the journey. So they're just lingering wherever they ended up. In yeah, they they live in like mostly in Doria. Now you're talking about groups that tried to get there, didn't, but then and then returned to their original home. Yeah. So uh, also uh, again, I'm sorry to do this, but the Great Journey, the group, the biggest difference in the Great Journey is whether or not they cross the Misty Mountains. So going from east to west, if you look on our map. Oh, uh, we've got two maps you can look at there. Going from east to west, you see the Misty Mountains is in the middle of the Middle Earth, right? Yeah. The, the Sindar, the Great Elves, they went over the Misty Mountains, got to Beleriand, and were like, nah, we're cool here. A lot of the Teleri got to the, the shores of Beleriand and were like, nah, we're alright, sound. The Nandor didn't cross the Misty Mountains. And Nandor, they didn't cross it during the Great Journey, they didn't cross it at first. So in Quenya, Nandor means those who go back. Okay. And it makes me think of Nandor the Relentless, you know, from what we do in the shadows. <laughs> and so these are elves of multiple clans grouped together under the banner of the Nandor. And originally, they all were part of the Teleri, which again, the largest group of elves. Yeah. And they began to follow the Teleri west towards the, the you know towards a man but on the east side of the misty mountains there was an elf called lenway he looked he must have looked up one day and said fuck this i'm happy here and he picked a good place to stop because the point in in which he said nah i'm, I'm all right fam it's called the veils of the anduin and the veil veil is like it's a beautiful like lush thick land and it's a in it's in a place where it's called T H I C C yeah yeah C C yeah and it's in a place called the Gladden Fields and it's a it's a good spot because it's where two rivers join so it's a beautiful lush place like Middle Earth is a beautiful place mm. right so you know there's there's the elves who didn't even go at first like from Quivain and they were like no it's beautiful enough here so anyway Lenway and the others agreed uh, and others agreed with him that the Misty Mountains were too much effort so they turned aside and they went south and they settled all down the Misty Mountains uh, and in the Gladden Fields and what have you. And I'm pretty sure the Gladden Fields is where thousands of years later a sealed or will die. Or there's a battle there and he escapes and he drowns in the river after getting shot. But the Gladden Fields is important later on anyway. But eventually, after the turn south, they spread out and some went this way and that way. So the Nandor are those who turned back. They they left the rest of the tribe and said, "Nah, we're all right." Some went in. Some went down south. And can you see on the Jeff map there, just above Minas Tirith, where mm -hmm. the the and see just uh, in between Minas Tirith and Althank, yeah, where there's a gap in the mountains. Yeah, some of them got into Eriador that way. They went south, passed by the White Mountains, which is the mountains near Minas Tirith. Yeah, and went into an area doors everything left of the misty mountains and that's where the shire and that is and so some eventually went west but by a very 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 roundabout way oops i just knocked my mic and we're going to get into two clans of the nando because again the nando is made up of different clans so they were all teleri then they stopped yeah and then after that they became other clans and the first one is the Lai Quendi. 
and these are the green elves. So after Linway leads the leads the elves south and settled in various places again, like I fucking love this field. I'm, do you know what it's like? Do you remember when we used to go for walks with Jordan and Jess? Mm. And every time we'd go down the railway line, I'd be like, I like that meadow. Yes. And I was like really fucking weird. You were like, about when it. does it become a paddock? When, and does, when it, does it become yeah. a field? And I was very like obsessed with it. Yeah. But after a long time, so well, all, all time is long talking about elves, right? After some time had passed, Lenway had a son called, or his son grew up, called Denethor. Ooh. Ah, yeah. And so Denethor is, well, it's the, obviously it's the biggest cunt in Gondor, but... <laughs> Official title. Yeah, that's Denethor II. So I don't think Denethor the cunt is named after Denethor the elf. Elf, but I think the guy who Denethor the Cunt is named after, who is Denethor the First of Gondor, is named after this elf. Uh, but anyway, Denethor wanted to go. So wanted Denethor the Elf. Yep. Wanted to go westward, so he gathered up some of the Nandor, and said, "All right, we've had a good chill, but shall we carry on?" And this is Yonks later, and they crossed first the Misty Mountains. And then, if you can see on my this map over here, see the uh, so this is just Middle Earth now in the Third Age. See the mountains right on the left hand side, mm -hmm. the leftest ones. Yeah, they're called the Blue Mountains, and they used to separate the border of Beleriand. But and that used to all be filled with it trees. Used, it used to no, no. So you well, kind of some of it. So you cross over the Blue Mountains, and yeah. then you're into Beleriand. So if Beleriand was still there, this map would extend by half again, right? Yeah. So first they crossed the Misty Mountains. Went all the way across Eriador, maybe because there is a road that goes between the Misty Mountains and the Blue Mountains. So they might have they might have made that road. They might have just took that road. Who knows? Actually, I think the roads were mainly made by dwarves. So yeah, that's a safe bet. Anyway, gets all the way across, crosses it, and they're into Beleriand. And eventually, in a place called Osiriand, because a lot of times passed, so Beleriands had kingdoms form and all sorts now, right? And in a place called Osiriand, King Thingol, who's married the Maya, and his Sindar and his great elves are, are all chilling now, right? Yeah. He says, yeah, come on in, cuz. Settle down. Yeah, fucking, all right, yeah, you can all live in Osiriand. That's fine. I'm the sheriff around these parts. You, I can do whatever I want, and you can come and live here, because you're elves as well. Very kind. And they were glad to get there because all of this time. So this is like when I say years later, this is years later, right? Because Morgoth has been Melkor. Well, he's Morgoth at this point. Morgoth has been kicking off again, and he's causing all sorts of shit. So when Denethor and his elves were crossing Middle Earth, they were being harassed by monsters. So by the time they got to Beleriand, they were and, exhausted, and they just wanted safety. And so Thingol, it's a kingdom. It's well defended. He's got his own elves. He's got an army. He said, yeah, come on in, man, as long as you help me if there's any shit mm. that kicks off. And unfortunately, shit does kick off. Because the Green Elves, the Lyquendi, led by Denethor, have made it into Beleriand just in time for what's called the First Battle of Beleriand. And this is when Morgoth, fresh out the pen, has caused a ruckus in a man, killed the trees fled with Ungoliant, the giant spider, fled over back to Middle-earth, and he's got armies 
of orcs and other horrible things. And he attacks Thingol's realm, so he attacks Doriath on Osiriand, etc. Things were looking bad for King Thingol, so he summoned Denethor and the Green Elves to help. Yeah. And they do. They do. They're, like these elves, right? They're not the Noldor. They're not the most warlike, but they they will defend themselves if they, when they can. And in the fighting, Denethor's killed. And this uh, be- before Thingol could rescue him, which is which is horrible. But what's really touching is because uh, how much Denethor's people loved him, how much the Green Elves loved their king. They never took a king again after that, which I think is quite touching. And after that is, and after that, that's pretty much the end of the Green Elves. They kind of fade into history. They play some other part, but it's mainly background characters in other stories. So mm. there's the tale of there's the tale of Beren and Luthien. Why are they green again? It's because they live in forests. They settled in the forests. So Osiriand is, is like forests and so that. So any that kind of go bobbing about at at sea are blue. The Teleri elves, <laughs> yeah, the blue elves. Actually, I don't think that's a joke because I think blue <laughs> does come into their name somehow. I'll look it up in the etymology, but, um, but I think there is something to do with blue. And we don't discuss why Radagast is a brown wizard. <laughs> <laughs> Radagast the fool. <laughs> but yeah, the, the green so the green elves fade into the background and, and they're minor characters. So like when Beren and Luthien are finished with their adventures... And they just want to chill out for the rest of their days. They go and live with the green, like the green elves, allow them like an island to themselves. And Beren and Luthien live there until they die, because they, you know, that's the end of their story. And it's a green elf that takes the Silmaril when Luthien dies and returns it to their son called Dior. So they're just very chill elves. Uh, yeah, they fade away. Yeah, until and there might be some remnants of of elves that mix with others because it's not static groups like it's not an apartheid like elves can mix with elves like it's 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 generally fine although some are called like outsiders or guests or whatever but that's that's the lie quendi the green elves the other clan of the nandor the ones who go back are called the sylvan elves which means the wood elves and these were also originally teleri and like the Lyquendi, they were a scattered folk and they love the water, uh, they love running water and woods. And Legolas from Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. his, gran- the one. his granddad, becomes a king of these people. So Legolas's granddad leaves, live, originally lives in Doriath, like where he's called the Eathrim. And Legolas's granddad lives in King Thingol's realm. In the first age, you know, like in Doriath, yeah. and then at the end of the first age, they they migrate and they come into to Middle Earth, and they settle in the woodland realm of Greenwood or what would later become Mirkwood, east of the River Anduin, and that was mostly during the second age, and, and you know, blah blah blah, and the Sindar elves had mainly lived in other kingdoms after the destruction of Beleriand, uh, and they lived in places like Holin and Linden, etc., etc. But a lot of the these wood elves could also be found in Lothlorien. So you have Lenway at the Misty Mountains form the Nandor by saying, fuck this, I'm not crossing those mountains. So all the elves split up and go different ways, right? Yeah. Denethor becomes the Lyquendi when he takes his elves and other elves scatter 
and these become the wood elves. They live in woods by like streams and shit. And that's who uh, Orifer, Legolas's granddad, when he comes across from Beleriand into Middle Earth, finds groups of these elves in Mirkwood and is like, I'm your king now. Does that make sense so far? Yes. Good shit. Same now thing. you're just going to try and confuse no, me no, even no, no, more. No, no. Same shit as in Lothlorien. So in the, in the Second Age, there is a big war between Sauron and the elves. We'll probably cover it at some point, right? And a lot of the elves scatter. And there's a, a kingdom of elves called Inaregion. And that's where, like... Um, so do you know when they get to the doors of Durin in the Fellowship of the Ring? Yeah. The, the, you know the big doors where there's the water in the water? Yeah. That's why that door's there. It's because it's the it's like a border between the Elvish kingdom and the Dwarven kingdom, and that's when they used to be friends. And that's where, like, it was in this king, this Elvish kingdom, that it's called Holin, I think, which is where the Rings of Power were all forged. So that's in the Second Age. We won't touch on it, but it bears mentioning. So a lot of these woodland, uh, a lot of these elves settle, these these Nandor elves settle in Lothlorien, and again. In the second age, Galadriel and Celeborn come along and they say, we are lord and lady now. They're not king and queen, they're lord and lady for some reason. But again, it's once again, these fucking elves of other clans just roll up and be like, yeah, we're in charge now, bitches. What are you going to do? But elves being elves are like, fine, I'm going to go back to singing about bark. Cuties. And funnily enough, in the Lord of the Rings book, there's a very famous and, and quite a beautiful song about an elf called Nimrodel. And she was a sylvan elf, a wood elf, who couldn't find any joy in the world until she met an elf. Called, oh, no, wait, no, I don't think Nimrodel was a wood elf. But she, she couldn't find any joy in the world until she met an elf called Amroth, who was the last king of Lorien. So I think he was the wood elf. But he convinced her that her and him should set sail to a man together. And on their way to the port, they were separated on their journey. And he reached the port of Belfalas before her, which there's a bay called the Bay of Belfalas, which you can see at the bottom of the map there, near uh, near Gondor. Can you see where the, the, sea, like the land comes back in again? Yeah. And one night, so he, he gets to the port and thinks, I'm just going to wait for her. And one night there was a storm that swept his ship away from the shore whilst he was on it. Oh no. So when the storm <gasps> yeah. When the storm clears, he jumps off his boat and tries to swim back to shore because he, he wants to wait for his love. And he drowns in the bay of Belfalas. And that is why in the books there is a region of Gondor called Dol Amroth. And Prince Imrahil plays a big part in the books um, he is essentially like the de facto ruler of Gondor while Faramir is injured and stuff but again but after that nobody knows what happened to Nimrodel so it's this thing again we're talking that despite it being a very small part of the law, there's still a fuckload of content there you know like that. that's why I, I, it was like I said to you I started writing the notes for this episode and I was like I can't cover all the clans of elves in one episode. That would just fucking do us in. Yeah, it'd be about so it's like, be, right, ten more episodes Yeah, it'd be like six, to do. Yeah, it'd be like a six-hour episode. Like, I couldn't fucking do that. Aye. I feel like this is really grown legs at this point, Christopher. 
It has. It, it has. It, it really has. has. <laughs> so the last, the last group of elves we're going to come to is the Avari. So all elves are Quendi, okay? Yes. The elves who start the great journey are called Eldar. Yes. These elves are not Eldar. So they just say, nah, I'm fine. They don't even attempt. Exactly. Okay. And Phew. they become quite bitter towards some of the elves who do say yes. They consider them deserters. But we'll, we'll come to that in a second. So, the Avari. They're separate. Yep. Group of elves. And they have different languages from those that go on the Great Journey because of their decisions. And they these elves refuse to even begin the Great Journey towards the West. And some of these... So, you remember that the elves, when they walk at Quivainen, it was quite a while before they were found because they started their own languages and that, didn't they? Yeah. And some of these ones who refused were lived furthest away from the waters of Quivainen, like they went wandering for a long time. And if you remember, Melkor was in the shadows at this point and he was making rumours. And remember how a lot of the elves were scared of Oromir when he first turned up? Because the Melkor's spies had spread rumours about a horrible huntsman and stuff? Yeah. It's exactly that. So they, when Oromir turned up, they were like, I don't trust this cunt. He's going to take us off somewhere and he's going to kill us. Or he's going to do bad shit to us. So that's why some of them didn't like him. I was quite surprised to find this number. But about a third of all the elves became the Avari. About a third of all elves, 33% of elves, said, Nah, I'm not going. Not even going to start the journey. So don't, not, don't even bear in mind the people who start the journey and don't finish it. It's a third of all elves who say, nah, fuck this. I'm not even starting. Just content. Yeah, some of it Some of it was content. Some of it and was fear. fear of the unknown. Yeah. I mean, that's quite common, right? Yeah. And it, it, the intro, I've, I've even got a breakdown of how many of each clan. So of the Vanyar, Noldor and, and Teleri. None of the Vanyar were Avari. Every single one of the Vanyar was like, yes, miss. Yes, sir. Let's go. They were like doing their ties up. They were shining their shoes. They were putting on their best behaviour. They were like the Pevensi children during the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yeah. They just rocked up in their school uniforms. They were like, "Yeah, let's fucking do this. First day of school, <laughs> let's go." They just their be- Weetabix for breakfast. Yeah, exactly. So they remained the Vanyar. They they all went. The Noldor and the Teleri, obviously. Uh, so half of the Noldor said we're not going which is interesting because imagine the Noldor but twice their size the fucking problems they would have caused and it was just over a third of the Teleri now given the size of the Teleri and the size of the Noldor it's about the same amount from each group so let's say that well go back to our earlier episodes but um, yeah half of the Noldor and a third of the Teleri is about the same amount of elves roughly okay but the Avari kept their own clans and they spread throughout Middle-earth. So by the time the Great Journey was over, uh, however many of our years we'd count it, by the time the, the Great Journey was over, they'd reproduced and some. it's said that they mingled with other elves as well. So they, by the time the Great Journey was over, they might have mingled with some of the Nandor 
So like some of the Lyquendi, some of the maybe even Grails if they made it into Beleriand. Because some of them did, you know, get to Beleriand eventually. So they were mingling and mixing with the other elves. And by the time the Great Journey was over and the elves got to a man, the Avari actually outnumbered the elves who did go to the west. Which I found quite interesting. And the Avari had said that they lived in forests and caves mostly and seemed to view other elves with mistrust and bitterness. And they thought of them as deserters, like you've left our land, you left the place we were born and abandoned us. But as always, I think that might be a generalization because some of the Avari later became the elves that inhabited Lothlorien and Mirkwood. So they mixed with like the Sylvan elves, the this is very much like civilization. Yeah. Because if you think about the people you went to school with, mm-hmm. there's those that run off as fast as possible and get as far away on the other side of the world as they can from where they come from. Yeah, me. You have some people who move away and then realize, actually, I prefer where I came from, so return. Yeah. And you have those that stay and never move. Yeah. So. Yeah, and and Tolkien. They're very human-like these elves. Well, we're, we're children. Normal of Alu- human. We're children of Iluvatar, aren't we? And Tolkien himself, the language. Like again, um, I've not mentioned this for a while. Did you know Tolkien was a philologist? His <laughs> a la- what? His language is scientifically deduced, right? So it's it's all bit and this is it's not fantasy. Remember, it's a fictional history. Yeah. And it's this is the anthropolo- anthropological. Silmarillion is the anthropological side of it. Yeah. And, and that's what we're looking at. So the the Avari had no qualms about mixing with a lot of other elves. So they kind of been that averse to them. And collectively, the the elves of Lothlorien, because there were so many different types by the time Galadriel and Celeborn got there, they just became known as the Galadrim. Which is a bit... No, I like that. It has some logic to it. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just thinking it'd be like if I just named all my friends Christians. Yeah. Because they all knew. They all know me. Yeah. I'm Chris. That I think that's and, and the collect- logical way forward. I'm just going to rock up to Lizzie's party in August and I'm going to say you're all Christians now. Yeah. So you all know me. Yeah. <laughs> I'll deal with the other Christians as a, I was going to say I feel like this is verging on something else here. the language what heresy <laughs> <laughs> the language is it going to be a challenge but we'll get round to it because true Christians have faith my, my people will be Beckerans yeah like Saccharin Beckerin yeah, yeah speaking of languages the language that the Avari spoke was called Avarin and there's not much information available on it, unfortunately. Except there was at least six dialects, ba- six six dialects, based on which clan they came from, and it was all derived from a language called Primitive Quendian, which is what was spoken by the elves when they woke up and just started naming shit. Mm. So I'm imagining just basically the level of our daughter, where we get a couple of words and phrases from her, and it's mainly like pointing. Or when she wants something, Toast. yeah. When she points and she goes, "Thank you, thank you." When Frog. she, yeah. So when she wants something, she just points and says, "Thank you." Thank you, 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 <laughs> until you give her it. Mm. Thank you, thank you, thank you, <laughs> thank you. It, uh, and this is where <laughs> humans come into this a little bit, actually. Now, which is is nice. It said 
that the men who first travelled west learned their language from the Avari and they learned other basic crafts. Um, so they're essentially like cavemen wandering around and then the Avari were like, let's teach these monkeys something, which I think is quite nice. Though it is mentioned that the elves who went to Oman surpassed the Avari in crafting and knowledge even more than the Avari surpassed the early humans that they met. Mm. So the Avari, so yeah, so the 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 Noldor, let's say the Noldor and the Vanyar, were to the Avari that the Avari were to humans, primitive humans, which is pretty cool. So it's like it's like us training dogs, and then aliens come along, and they outclass us by even more than that. Would be the way I'd look at it. Which is just pretty, like, whoa. Hope these aliens never turn up. I, I don't know, like, maybe. But yeah, they're, they're again, the Avari are Moraquendi, dark elves. It's not an insult, it's not a negative connotation. And at the end of the Third Age, it's said that no Avari were found west of the Misty Mountains. So if there was any still left at the end... They were in Mirkwood, Lothlorien, and on all that. Like maybe they even went into Harad in the uh, in the south, or Rune in the east. And that, that's the Moraquendi. That is the Dark Elves of Middle Earth. How does that all feel, Becca? <laughs> that was a quite a heavy topic. We're back to the Silmarillion topics, though, so it naturally it's going to be a bit heavier. I feel exhausted. Yeah. But I also feel. Like the longer you spoke, the more it was going in, and the clarification throughout was very good, good. because I was getting a bit lost. Mm. Um, and there's just so many names. There's a lot of names. Oh, why? It's Tolkien. <laughs> I just. This is what we do, though. We take Tolkien to the tavern and we talk about it. You know. Oh Lord, he just, um, I just think he had way too much time to think of all these different names and... Um, so, like we said before, 1916, 1917, all the way up to 77 I think he died. So 50, 60 years he had going and he was doing it right up until the end and then Christopher was organising all this shit up until Christopher died. In like twenty, what was it like uh, 2020 something? I don't, I don't know when he died, but he, when he did die, he broke the fucking spell, which I've said before. Would you like a, a couple of palate cleansing facts? Yes, would please. that be all right for you? Please, uh, is it? Uh, speak English, Rebecca. Are these any exciting facts? Because it's not smut of the week. Is it just? The exciting end fact that we have done before, like the cat fact. Kind of, yeah. Um, Tolkien had an au pair, and yeah. this Tolkien was uh, this Tolkien. Uh, fucking, hell, let me start again. Tolkien had an au pair. She was Icelandic, and part of the deal was because he loved all his sagas and and stuff like that, that she would teach him. Icelandic the language while also taking care of the kids as like uh, you know so it was one of her duties however Tolkien's wife 
became very jealous that they were speaking a language she couldn't understand and so they had to stop which I don't think what is a disappointment yeah apparently she was from the West Fjords and in the early 1930s lived with his family in Oxford and I think his wife's called Edith perhaps um, oh Edith do you know what you've just really ruined your children's lives I mean not to be too dramatic but how cool is that to have a second language uh, but it'd been like a third fuck, language because uh, yeah, it, it'd have been a multiple language for him because yeah she was called Ada and because he was part of the coal biters he was part of that group right and, and the inklings and Edith just did not like it that they were speaking a language and so they had to stop which is a shame well I'm sorry Edith you you can't just because your husband is so exciting mm. and you just want to sit and watch telly in bed every night <laughs> you can't hold him down I, you know I don't even try are you projecting because <laughs> you just let him have his hobbies if that's what he enjoys the and thi- just yeah. you the, know the thing was she told the kids like Icelandic bedtime stories I know well. that's beautiful so like the cool shit about like the Aesir and, and, and shit like that like she was doing the Norse anyone shit. want to be a Spanish au pair for our child raise your hands because I want our child to be bilingual well there was that woman I told you who was from uh, Mallorca who emailed which I thought was lovely yeah like was nice. we so really we, we do have Spanish listeners she yeah, told us we really need to get some Spanish Although into she, our lives she typed it in English so I'm a bit suspect <laughs> but yeah, they had an Icelandic au pair and, and Edith's jealousy um, put a nix on it and as an extra one, th- this is more of a footnote for me because it's given me so much more research I've long suspected that the dwarves were based on Jews and in letter 176 to Naomi Mitchison in 1955 Tolkien does say I do think of the dwarves like Jews at once native and alien in their habitations speaking the languages of the country but with an accent due to their own private tongue and that for me has been fucking mint because there is a website called the Dwaro Scholar and this guy has dedicated pretty much his whole life to researching the dwarves of Tolkien and there is a super duper duper interesting article about dwarfish marriage customs and it's all based on Semitic Mm. marriage customs because that's what he said the influence would be and now that I've found concrete because right no matter what I tell you here right this is for entertainment and I research the fuck out of these podcast uh, for these podcasts but you should always do your own due diligence if I say something that you think is a little bit sus go away and research it and if I'm wrong I, I, I don't think I am then tell me but don't ever take something on face fact so I, I, as much as I love the website the Dwaro Scholar I wasn't going to accept an article based on the premise of something I hadn't verified myself. Yeah. But then, lo and behold, from the man himself, I I read that letter. So that's super exciting for me because it gives a good deal of insight into what dwarvish marriage marriage customs could be like had he fleshed out. Real real world examples. Yeah, so I I just think that's fucking awesome. But yeah, that's... uh, that's that's it. That's that's it. That's that's the dark elves. That's the the mysterious elves. Whoa! 
Mysterious elves, I want to get close to you. <laughs> do, 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 yeah. Do. How did? Yeah. So, next week, shall we start discussing some of the the Calaquendi, the light elves? Yes. Good. 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 Um. I think we'll tackle them one group at a time because they're. I feel like I need a piece of paper and a pen next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like I need to have diagrams and well, there is, there I need is to one. write this down because it's just not connected in my head as well as I would like it to. Yeah, well, Tolkien made a really good diagram, which I can show you, which is pretty cool. But no, we uh, we digest. So that's it for another week from, from me and Rebecca. So wherever you are, hope you're having a fantastic day, evening, morning. I don't know when the fuck people listen to this podcast. But please... Uh, like, review send me an email l-o-t-r-a-d-h-o-m-e at gmail.com we're on Instagram at Drunk Middle Earth Podcast just search for us uh, we've got a wee little Discord server that's linked uh, we're on YouTube like I mentioned uh, I'm on TikTok as well I'm, I'm, I've had to learn all these social medias again and it's it's, it's alright you know um, getting get some nice feedback which is lovely but yeah Thank you for listening. Hope you're having a cracking day wherever you are. So I'm going to say goodbye from me, Chris. And goodbye from Rebecca, who is very brain frazzled. <laughs> and hoping that when I listen to this, I won't have said, um, as much. You fucking will have. <laughs> right, have a good one. Bye. Bye.